Thank you very much. It's a great pleasure to be back here again. I think this is my third trip. We've done some Saturday seminars, and this is the first time here on a Sunday morning. I do travel a lot, and I love going in and out of different settings and sensing God's presence among his people. Uh, as you know, today is Pentecost Sunday. My wife is preaching back home because uh, they released me to come here. And uh, so uh, let's expect some great things this morning. Amen. Let's not have church as usual. Let's expect something a bit extra. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures and then we're going to look at the coming of the Holy Spirit. Um, what the Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what that means, and um, I share some of my own experiences because I was touched by the Holy Spirit and healed of chronic depression and insomnia and suicidal tendencies in an Anglican church. So I am forever grateful to the Anglicans. <laughs> it was actually in Colin Urquhart's church where there was a revival in April 1975. And my life was really going down the tubes. And I heard God was at work there. And, uh, you know, it's strange how people show up when they hear God is working somewhere. And so my dad used to drop me down every Sunday evening to special services in Luton because I lived in Harrow, which was just about 30 minutes away. And when we walked into the church, we sensed the presence of God. And that's where God healed me in April 1975. So I'm going to pray and then we'll look at this great subject of the Holy Spirit. And it's a big subject, but we'll look at certain aspects of the Holy Spirit and what he does and what he's prepared to give us, etc. So Father, I just thank you for the pleasure and the privilege of being here this morning. I thank you for the church back home. Bless them. I know they're praying for us today and we pray for them that you'll be active there and you'll be active here by the power and presence and anointing of your Holy Spirit. We need you, Lord. Without you, we can do nothing. We are nothing without you. So come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. Speak to our hearts. Um, impart to us anything you want to impart to us. Uh, we open our hearts to you, Lord. So anoint this time. I just declare the enemies bound of the hearts and minds and lives of every person under the sound of my voice. I loose each one that they may receive what you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to read from Acts chapter 2. That was the, the start of it all. And uh, I'm just going to read from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2. It's a good place to start. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, like today, it's come, uh, and they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, <clears throat> there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing wind. I love that. Because, you know, can you imagine they were in a room and a sound came, but the sound was not from that room, it came from heaven. They, a sound came from heaven. So, where the Father is, the Son, where the Holy Spirit, the angels, the cherubim, the seraphim, the Old Testament saints, uh, from that place, something left that place, in answer to prayer, and actually came into the room where they were. And they heard it as a, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. You imagine there was a sound that came in. Uh, and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and sat upon each one of them. It must have been quite spectacular. As they looked at each other, they saw these little tongues of fire over every person, all 120 of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, you know, when you think about it, um, if we can transpose ourselves from here, uh, you know, in 2019 back to there, it was quite a bizarre situation because they were praying in an upper room and suddenly the sound comes into the room, the Holy Spirit comes into the room, tongues of fire appear. They've never experienced anything like that before. Wouldn't it be great if something like that happened this morning? Yeah? And, uh, and then they rush out onto the, to the streets, speaking in this language that they had never had before. And as they're speaking in this language, people accuse them of being drunk. 
So here they are, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, being wonderfully blessed of God, beyond any blessing they'd ever received in their lives, and people are accusing them of being drunk. Isn't that strange? And God used the gift of tongues in an unusual way, because as we'll see, there's many different usages of the gift of tongues, and he doesn't always use it that we speak out loud and people understand what we say, but on this occasion, God used it in that way. Now, the term baptism in the Holy Spirit was coined by John the Baptist. He said, there's someone coming after me, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so he coined that phrase, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then you know the story as well, how I think it's in John chapter 20 or so, where Jesus breathes upon his disciples. It says he, he breathes upon them, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. So, you know, they did actually receive the Holy Spirit before he ascended into heaven, that small group that was with him. He said, receive the Holy Spirit, and he gave them some other instructions as well. And then, uh, of course, as uh, Rob said earlier, uh, they were told, don't do anything. Even though he'd mentored them and taught them for three years, they'd seen him do miracles. They were activated in miracles themselves. They, they'd heal the sick and raise the dead and... Uh, you know, um, cleanse lepers. That's what Jesus told them to do. He said, preach the gospel of the good news, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. They'd done all that. But even though they'd done all that, Jesus gave them specific instructions that uh, I'm going away, but I'm sending another comforter to you. And I don't want you to do anything until he comes. That's what Rob said in the beginning. So isn't that amazing? Even though they had moved in the miraculous and done wonderful things, mainly ministering to the people of Israel. They were told not to do anything. And towards the end of Luke's gospel, they were told to stay in the city until they receive power from on high. So these were specific instructions by Jesus. And, and so they all congregate together in a room. And it's, it's mentioned in Acts 1.14 that, you know, there should have been more of them there, but the 120 showed up. And they all continued with one accord in prayer, Acts 1.14, and supplication. Supplication is a sort of a fervent prayer where you're praying uh, uh, slightly more than the usual. It's passionate prayer. They all continued with, in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So here they were praying, and we're told that they were there for 10 days. How many of you have ever been to a prayer meeting that lasted 10 days? How many of you think that if you were praying for 10 days, something unusual would happen? Well, something unusual did happen because they prayed for 10 days. And in the midst of their prayer meeting, it was interrupted by a sound coming from heaven. They weren't expecting uh, it. You know, they didn't know what to expect. But suddenly a sound comes from heaven. Tongues of fire come down. And uh, of course, I'm sure they remembered what Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8. It's recorded, you shall receive power. So what they actually received that day was power. Because Jesus said that one of the things that the Holy Spirit would give you when he comes is power. And in Acts, uh, one, you know, in Acts 1 verse 5 it says, For John truly baptized with water, it's in red, so it's the words of Jesus, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now they had already received the Holy Spirit, but he tells them that you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now the word baptized means to be immersed in. You know, some people get confused, you see. Now, when we come to faith in Jesus, and uh, we admit that we're sinners, and we receive the sacrifice of the cross, where Jesus died on the cross, and he rose again on the third day, paying the price for our sin. And when we receive that sacrifice and receive forgiveness for our sin, uh, the Lord wipes our slate clean, and he gives us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. So when a person has come to faith in Christ, some people call it being born again, uh, Jesus said, unless a man, unless a man or woman is born again, they cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So uh, when that, I experienced that about 1974, but when a person is born again or comes to faith in Christ, they receive the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is resident inside of them as our worship leader reminded us. But Jesus, even though, you know, he had breathed the Holy Spirit upon them, I, I assume if he said receive the Holy Spirit, they received it. He said, there's something more to come. 
And I want you to remain in the city until it comes. And you shall, it says here in verse 5, for John truly baptized with water. This is Jesus speaking, the words of Jesus in the book of Acts. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in verse 8 it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So this was the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Hawkinge, Canterbury, London, Great Britain, and the ends of the earth. To make it relevant to us. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So, you know, uh, my journey was that I grew up as a Roman Catholic. I, I come from a long line of Catholics. And, uh, you know, around about, I've shared this story here before. Uh, I, you know, I was a tennis player, so I will be watching the recording of Nadal and uh, the other guy at the final of the French championships. Maybe some of you haven't been following it, but I'm a, a tennis buff. Uh, and so uh, I was a tennis player for many years, playing on the circuit and so on. And uh, around about the age of uh, about 22, something went wrong in my life. And it's a long story, I just abbreviate it. Uh, I developed a breathing problem, went to the doctor. He said it was nervous tension. He gave me tranquilizers. Everything went down from then. I started suffering with depression. I started suffering with chronic depression and lost my will to live. And subsequently, I couldn't even sleep at night. So I went night after night after night for nearly three years, not sleeping at all. Uh, if I slept for an hour, I didn't know it, but sometimes I did sleep for an hour. And so I lost all desire to live. I, I couldn't even smile. I had no happiness in the side of, inside of me. Every day was laborious and I wished they would come to an end and then the next day started again. And so I began a search because I had these words were going down, round in my head that I had heard when I was a boy in boarding school. Uh, Seek and you will find. I knew they were the words of Jesus. Seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. They kept going round in my head. So I started a long search and I I looked into this religion and that religion, the other religion. I went to uh, the library and read books on different faiths and visited monasteries and went all over the place looking for some kind of an answer. And uh, I, I was not able to find it. Eventually I bumped into a minister about 10 miles away from where I lived. I actually walked the whole way there, praying the whole way and knocking on the doors of churches. I knocked on any church. Baptist, Methodist, Anglican, I knocked on the doors and asked to see the minister. One minister told me, oh, well, you're a bit young to be suffering with depression. And I thought, well, thank you very much. I am suffering with depression. <laughs> and he didn't help me. So I kept walking. I walked for 10 miles and I was literally knocking on the doors of every church on the way. Something, yeah, although in one sense, the last place I expected to find the answer was in the church because I grew up in the church and I didn't have any answers there. Something inside me led me to knock on the doors of churches. And eventually I arrived at the church, and the minister, he looked like he knew Jesus. That's the way I can describe it. He had the love of Jesus in his face and in his eyes, and uh, I was attracted uh, to the, the fact that he knew Jesus, and he prayed for me and introduced me to another minister. And uh, this minister was definitely born again. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit and he led me to a group where I found out about Luton. And so when, when I did go to Luton, I'll, I'll tell you what happened over there in a minute, but um, I, I came from a traditional Christian background, so I didn't know, you know, about the gifts of the Spirit and so on. So I, I went to some meetings and I heard people speaking in tongues. And I thought, well, that's very interesting. And then I went down to Colin Urquhart's church. Uh, I used to go there every week. And a group of people gathered around me. One of them was Mike Pilabachi, who I knew from those days. He's the minister of Soul Survivor. And uh, they all gathered around me. And they prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, they asked me if I wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the gift of tongues. And uh, I said to the Lord, well, I'm not so sure I want this gift. I want some other gift. And I can't remember what it was, but I asked him for it. It probably didn't exist, but I asked him for it because I didn't know my Bible very well at that time. 
But then as they were praying for me, I said, Lord, if you want me to have the gift of tongues, I would like to have it. So that's what I said. And they prayed for me and nothing happened. And I told this story before, but I'm telling it again because it's relevant to the teaching here this morning. And uh, they prayed for me, nothing happened, I didn't speak in tongues. But during the service, Colin Alcott, the church was packed. I don't know, it must have seated about four or five hundred. And coaches were coming in, you know, from Sweden and Norway and Scotland. Why would coaches show up in a church? Because something was happening there. People were getting healed and people were getting touched by the Holy Spirit. And that's why I drove 30 minutes down there. Because I, 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 wanted, I, I wanted God to help me. And I'd already searched in many different places. So when I uh, arrived there and they prayed for me, uh, in the middle of the service... Uh, there were just two people leading worship. It wasn't a big band. There was two ladies, I think, who were sisters, who were leading worship that day. And, but the presence of God was so strong in the building. And Colin, from the front, he was leading the service. He said, if you want something from God, stand up and lift your hands into the air and ask him. Well, I came from a Catholic background, so I'd never stood up and lifted my hands in church before. And so when he said that, I was so desperate that I stood up and I lifted my hands up in the air. And I was on the second row. And I suddenly realized he didn't mean then. He meant later on. So here's me standing in the second row, uh, a very, uh, you know, well-behaved Catholic boy uh, with my hands in the air and thinking, oh no, this is so embarrassing. Everyone can see me. And as I stood there, I thought, I'm not sitting down because that would be even worse. So I stood there with my hands up in the air on the second row of this church and uh, mercifully about a minute later everybody stood up. And as they all stood up I felt really relieved and as we worshipped suddenly, bam, a, a power came into my hands and it came, so bear in mind I've been going to church almost from the day I was born and never experienced anything like this and this power came right through my body right from the top of my head, right down, and my whole body started shaking like this. I, well, I, I'm not a shaker, and I'd never shaken in church before. And here I was shaking on the second row, not knowing what was happening. It was like electricity was going through me, and then something burst over here, and I burst into tears, and I was sobbing, and I was sobbing on the second row. And when I was sobbing, I thought, I'm not going to stop. I've been looking for this for the last two or three years. And I knew that God's power had touched me. You know, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Uh, and the power of God touched me that day and uh, something happened. And from that day onwards, I was healed of depression. My depression melted away. I started sleeping through the night. And I, I went to Colin afterwards and he's, he's, he's a friend now. Uh, and uh, he's ministered in our church several times. And I went up to him after the service, big, you know, crowd there. Not huge, but four or five hundred. And I went up to him and I said, can I speak to you? I wanted to tell him what had happened to me. And he said, sure, I've just got to counsel this lady. Have a seat at the back of the church and I'll be with you. So I sat at the back of the church. And as I sat at the back of the church, I opened my Bible. And I saw the word tongues. I was on my own. And as I saw the word tongues, I started speaking in this language. It just came out. And then I started giggling. And I was very happy because I'd suffered with depression and it was nice to giggle. And there I was, I was giggling. It was just a little giggle like that and I smiled to myself. I thought, wow, where did that come from? Then I remembered, I said, well, if you want me to have it, I would like to have that gift. And so I received the gift of tongues. And from that day, when I was what I would say, baptized in the Holy Spirit, I have never for a millisecond ever doubted the existence of God. Something's changed almost irreversibly in my life on that particular day. Uh, I found out later they call it, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But let's have a look at another place. You notice in Acts 2, it says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all began to speak in tongues. It wasn't like 50% of them or 60%, 70% spoke in tongues. All 120 started speaking in this prayer language. And look at uh, Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, just a little bit of background. You know, Cornelius, 
a centurion, an angel had appeared to him and uh, commended him and told him his prayers were being heard and told him to go down and look for this man called Peter in Joppa. So he sends people down there. In the, in, in the meantime, as these people are coming to Joppa, it's in Acts 10, um, Peter's on the balcony and he's praying and he has this vision, uh, virtually where God shows him that God wants to work in, in every nation if you were to boil it down, the interpretation of that vision. And the Lord tells him to go down because there are people waiting for him. So he goes down and these Gentiles come and they speak to him and they tell him the story of how an angel has appeared to their master and told them to send people to him and ask him to come to their house. So uh, here is um, Peter and he, he says, okay, I'll come. Now you may know this already, but I don't know if you know, the Jews were so bigoted in what they believed that Peter... If this was the threshold of Cornelius' house, Peter in all his life had never stepped into the house of a Gentile. They just didn't do it. And here he was for the first time in his life, I don't know what age he was, actually stepping into the house of a Gentile. And uh, Cornelius was there and it says many were gathered there. He had his friends, he had his relatives and so on. Uh, when I went to Israel, an, an expert told us that Cornelius was a very wealthy man and they, there was probably at least 200 people in the room. So there was more people in that room than there was in the upper room. It wasn't a little English front room with a fire. There was a lot of people in the room there. And so he goes into this room and you know how he preaches. He preaches to them and he tells them about God. And, and verse 44, in Acts 10 and verse 44... We are, they call this the Gentile Pentecost. The Jew, Jewish Pentecost was in the upper room. This is the Gentile Pentecost because what happened uh, in the Gentile Pentecost was a little bit similar to what happened in the Jewish Pentecost. And it says in Acts 10 verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell. You see, this is upon, not within, upon. The Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. How did they know? For they heard them speaking with tongues and magnifying God. And Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. So obviously, while they were listening to the preaching of Peter, they believed in the Lord Jesus. Because you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit unless you believe in Jesus. And so they, they, they believed what was being preached. And of course it was left to Peter. He would never have prayed that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because he, according to his theology, that was not possible. So they were in shock when they, while he was preaching. And they believed in their hearts. And as they believed in their hearts, the Holy Spirit just, you know jumped over Peter and just filled them and they started speaking in tongues. And that's how they knew that the Holy Spirit had fallen upon them. And again, uh, he heard them speaking with tongues. I, I think they all received the gift of tongues, all those who believed in that room that day. And that was the beginning of the gospel going into the Gentile world. And then look at Acts chapter 19. You know, there's at least five or six scriptures, but I'm just reading you a three in particular. In Acts chapter 19, you see Paul going to Ephesus. And, uh, you know, and, and something happens over there. In Acts 19 verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul had passed through the upper regions and came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. John, John the Baptist. When Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who was to come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. But when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. To be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus is to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. 
You know, I've been, uh, had the privilege of preaching in many different places uh, around the globe. I remember being uh, in Sri Lanka once and the minister told me it's a gathering of several churches so there'll be a good crowd over there, about 500. And he said sometimes prostitutes will come and, you know, former terrorists will come. Uh, even active terrorists might come. They come to this joint service. He said, you must give an altar call. You must give people the opportunity to receive Jesus. So he told me that. And he said, on average, when we have these joint services, about 30 or 40 people come forward to give their life to Christ. So I, I preached there. It was quite bizarre because it was boiling hot and the fan was on me and it was blowing my notes all over the place. So eventually I just covered up and preached from memory because my notes were flying all over the place. Uh, and uh, I preached a message over there and I gave an altar call and sure enough about 30, 40 people came up standing up the front and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said they had received Christ, they prayed to receive Jesus as their Savior and uh, we led them in that as best we could and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said pray for them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit well, I, under normal circumstances, I would never have done that because they've just come forward. Just as Peter wouldn't have done it, uh, he wouldn't have laid hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself did it. So uh, I just obeyed the Lord and I turned around to my uh, helpers there and I said, this is what I feel God wants me to do. They said, go ahead. And so I gave them a little bit of instruction and then laid hands on them and prayed for them and all 30, 40 of them started speaking in tongues. See, if you tell people that tongues is not for everyone, then not everyone receives it because faith comes by hearing. In my experience, where I've preached in so many different places, uh, when I've told people, and I will, I will elaborate in a moment, that God wants them to have the gift of tongues, and I'll explain from a couple of scriptures, when you tell people that, and they're open to it, they receive it. I prayed for people in their 70s and 80s. They said, I've been, I've been, I wanted the gift of tongues for 50 years, 60 years. And I said, well, God wants you to have it. Prayed for them and within seconds they're speaking in tongues. And so as we went down the line, I had to make sure they weren't speaking in Tamil, you see. So because I had the guy say, is he speaking in tongues? Is he, or is he speaking in Tamil? So I checked every one of them and they were all speaking in tongues. I told them that God wanted them to have it. Uh, and they did. And over here, when Paul laid his hands on them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues and prophesied. You know, there's a scripture that um, confuses people. And I wonder if you could have a look with me at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. 1 Corinthians. Uh, I'm also principal of a Bible school, so we've taught on this stuff for years and years and years. And usually, when we invite people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and they come forward in simple faith, you see clear evidence and often, most of the time, 99% of the time, you hear them speaking in tongues. And in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27, I just want to explain this scripture because this scripture confuses a few people. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, these are appointments. God has appointed these in the church. These are appointments in the church. Your version may be slightly different. What does the NIV say, uh, Rob? Appointed, yeah. So these are, God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles or workers of miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administrators, and varieties of tongues. Now there are various usages for the gift of tongues which we won't have time to elaborate on today. Are all apostles, are all prophets, what's inferred there? No. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? Uh, what's inferred there is no. Now, not, there's, there's a usage of the gift of tongues where a person will speak out loud in a service and it's followed by an interpretation. And not everybody has that gift. Some people have that gift and some people don't have that gift. The gifts of the Spirit are available to us, but not everyone has the gift of standing up and speaking in tongues and followed by an interpretation. So not everybody has that. But in my experience, when we pray for people 
to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, it comes with the gift of tongues. In fact, that's how you know for sure that they have received it. Now let me just uh, say, you know, the Bible says to not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I asked the Holy Spirit to fill me today before I came here. We all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again and again and again and again. Every day of our lives. But there's an initial infilling as it came on the day of Pentecost, as it came in the Gentile uh, Pentecost. There's an initial filling that comes with the gift of tongues. And when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit and receive the gift of tongues, the gift of tongues is actually a trigger to all the other gifts. And people who are baptized in the Holy Spirit and have the gift of tongues are able to manifest other gifts too. Now, I'll just say this briefly because that's also a big subject. Uh, some people have particular gifts that are flowing in their lives, but every believer can manifest some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their lives from time to time. Although some have, uh, you know, have special gifts that seem to be almost resident in them. So there's the public usage of gift. Another usage of, of the gift is when like the day of Pentecost, that was very unusual. You don't see it anywhere else in scripture, as far as I can remember, where they went onto the streets and they were praying in this language that they got and the people actually could hear them in their own language. They were from all over the place. You know, a modern day example, I had a, a good friend, uh, Dr. Michael McCann, who was, went to Haiti once and he'd taken a lot of um, medical equipment there. This was many, many years ago. And... Uh, when he arrived at Haiti, um, they unzipped his bag and they said, what is this? And he said, I brought me. He said, you can't bring this here. And the Lord said to him, speak in tongues. Speak to them in tongues, the Holy Spirit said. And he was very reluctant, you know, because he's just arrived at the airport and he was in a foreign country. And the Lord said to him again, speak in tongues. So eventually, I think two or three times he heard the Holy Spirit say that. So he looked the man in the eye and he spoke in tongues. And the man was wide-eyed, zipped up the bag and said, go. Well, you know, that's not the everyday usage of the gift of tongues. But sometimes you can, it can be used by that, like that, like on the day of Pentecost. The everyday usage for the gift of tongues is for prayer. You know, the Bible, the Bible gives us instructions in 1 Corinthians 12. In fact, you are told to earnestly desire the gifts. When's the last time you ask the Lord for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be manifest in your life. I want to say something now about the Christian life. Uh, a, good, a good friend of mine who I've got to know recently is a British evangelist called John Conrad. Anybody know John Conrad? Yeah, he's a very powerful English uh, evangelist who sees a lot of miracles. And I, I just read his book and I love the way he put it. He said that clear three clear stages in the Christian life, and this applies to all of us here. The first step is we must be born again. We must come to faith in Christ. So the first step into the kingdom is that we are born again and we receive the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. The second step is that we are filled with the Holy Spirit and have access to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Tongues, interpretation, prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, gifts of healings, working of miracles, and the gift of faith. That we have access, I'm talking about every believer has access to these gifts. It's not only for ministers. And then the third step is that we minister in the power of the Holy Spirit to all the people around us. Now many believers don't do that, they stop short. But I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, if you are a believer, after you're born again and you're, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God wants you to minister life to the people around you. And in fact, one of the reasons we haven't reached the world is because we leave it all to the people who are ministers and we're not often doing the job ourselves. If every Christian, they say there's about two billion Christians in the world today. I don't know. I think that's roughly true because the, the way Christianity is growing in Brazil and Africa and Asia is off the scales but not so fast in Europe. But you know, you, you, you've heard this before. If there are two billion people in the world, and over the next year, every one of them leads one person to Christ, how many believers would we have by the end of next year? Four billion. The following year, 
If every one of those believers only led one person to Christ, the whole world would be saved. Because 8 billion people. But millions of Christians never lead a single person to Christ. Where some people lead millions of people to Christ. Like Billy Graham and others. God wants to activate the whole body into being co-workers with Christ. Amen? Tell the person next to you you're called to reach the lost. Yes, you are. It's not just a comfortable Christianity coming to church and having a nice cup of tea and some nice biscuits. We are called to evangelize the world. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You know, I hear some of these TV evangelists and they preach such a selfish Christianity. You know, follow Jesus and you get a bigger car and a bigger house and a bigger wife and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and they're telling you, you know, that you'll just get all these privileges. And they stop short and they say, well, come on. You know, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. When you follow Jesus, God anoints you to reach people and bring them into the kingdom. Amen. It's not just about us coming to church and getting our needs met. That's part of it. But we are all to be activated. And in this season, I'm telling you, you'll see it in the days ahead. God is pouring out his spirit upon the nations in an unprecedented way. He's about to pour his spirit out upon Britain in a way that's never happened before. And he wants you to be activated. And he wants you to be going out and telling people about him. Because faith comes by hearing. And if we don't tell them, they can't believe. Amen. The devil loves to put muzzles on us. But God is calling us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. You know, recently I've been saying to the Lord, I love you with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my mind and with all my strength. It surprised me. It was just coming up. I said, I love you, Lord. I want to love you with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and with all my strength. You know, let me tell you this. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, it was the first time God spoke to his people. And he was giving them instructions. And he said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And that was the first time that the Genesis, God of Genesis, spoke to his people and said, look, what I'm asking you to do is love me with all your heart. You know, we, we know we come to God and we want him to love us. And we want the people of God to love us. But I'm telling you that God has called you to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And when God first spoke that to Israel, you know, they were a bit mystified. They said, well, we thought you wanted us to be subservient to you. You terrify us by coming on the mountain and revealing yourself. And anyone comes near the mountain, they die. And you're telling us you want us to love you? And it seems like the Trinity in eternity gone before they had created anything. Because they love each other with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost love each other. There's no other way they know to love. And it seems like they have decided in eternity, we will create a race of people who will love us with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul, and with all their strength. And those people who love you, Lord Jesus, will be given to you as a bride equally yoked with you. And they'll be your companions for all eternity. What a glorious truth that is. And when you get to Acts, uh, when you get to Deuteronomy 30, he prophesies that one day there will be a people who will love the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength. And I've changed my priority. Yeah, you know, in the natural, you want to write books and you want to travel and you want people to like you and you want to do this and you want to be successful in this. That's all good, but that can't be number one. Number one in my life, after hearing this teaching from someone else, I want to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind and with all my strength. Yes, God has called me to go to the nations. He's told me to teach on prayer. He's, he's called me to preach on TV and write books and so on. But that cannot be my vision. That's my assignment. 
My dream must be to love him. And that must be your dream. Because everything falls into place. When you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And he gave that offer to the Israelites. And the offers come to the church. And he displays his love for us by giving us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. He's called our comforter. And our counselor. And our helper. And our teacher. I often remind him that that's what he is to us. Amen. And he wants us to be filled with his spirit. And he wants us to be activated to touch the lives of other people. It's not coming to church and just being ministered to and then going home and having roast beef. Or roast lamb. Or whatever it is we eat. It's being activated to bring change to our nation. The way you change a nation is one person at a time. And we can only do that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Individually and corporately. Yes? So you see, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's evidence of God working in us. And the gifts of the Spirit we are empowered with so that God could work through us. Amen? I was on an airplane and... Uh, there was this black guy sitting on my left. Young black guy. I think it was in America. He was quite chunky, well built. And I, I looked at him and I thought, shall I tell him about Jesus? And I looked at him and I thought, oh no, I'm not going to tell him about Jesus. Because I don't think he'll listen to me. He looked a bit rough. But I just felt the Holy Spirit prompting me. See, I was sitting on the aisle seat and he was sitting in the aisle seat there. And I just felt prompted to speak to him. So I looked at him and smiled and said something. And then we started talking. And then I heard that he got in trouble with the police. And he jumped his city and he was going to another city. And when I started witnessing things, he was so open. And I thought he wouldn't be open, but he was so open. And I asked him, I said, can I pray for you? So on the plane, in the middle of the aisle, I've got my hand across catching this uh, African-American guy's hand, and I'm praying for him. And I didn't feel inhibited at all. I don't normally do things like that, but I didn't feel inhibited at all. And God touched his life, and I told him about Jesus, and he opened his heart to Jesus. I tell you, people are open everywhere. We just need to know how to reach them. Amen? So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is power you see, let me read it to you again. Because the whole reason for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is stated in the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1. He says, you shall receive power. Acts 1 verse 8. You shall receive power when the Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. What do witnesses do? They tell other people about Jesus. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and received the gift of tongues that day, I was a kamikaze witness after that. Some of you are old enough to know what kamikaze witness means. But anybody came anywhere near me, I'll tell them about Jesus. Later on I learned a bit of finesse and wisdom. But I was, because Jesus had changed my life and healed me of depression, I just wanted to tell people. And so many people became Christians. My best friends, my family members, all became Christians. If I hadn't told them, they wouldn't have had the uh, opportunity to respond. Amen. So God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I remember I was, uh, any of you heard of Jared Cooper? You heard of Jared Cooper? Yeah, he's got a great ministry up in Hull. Uh, he has a great church over there. And uh, it's quite a large church. And he had invited me to speak to his leaders. And then I preached for him on Sunday morning. And uh, he said there's a lot of new people in the church. He said um, they haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I made a note of that. And when I prayed, I felt that the Lord said to pray for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of the gift of tongues. And so I, I turned to him at the end of the service, shall, shall I do that? He said, please go ahead. And again, about 30 people came forward. And then I gave them some brief instructions. 
And then I said, you know, we'll pray for you and God wants you to have this gift. He wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit and he wants to give you the gift of tongues. And so when we prayed for them, every one of them received the gift of tongues. All 30 of them. Same thing happened in Leeds with a lot of young people. And the Lord told me to tell people this. He told me to tell people this. At first I was reluctant because it sounded like I was bragging. But it seems that God has given me a gift that when I pray for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and receive the gift of tongues, they receive it. Usually within seconds. Amen. I don't know why God gave me that gift because I didn't ask him for it. But it seems like when I pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I remember praying for this 73, 74 year old lady in Reading. And she said, I've been prayed for many times. I've never received the gift of tongues. And I said, obviously you'd like to receive it. And she was about to go into a spiel telling me all the reasons why she couldn't receive it. And I said, uh, just a minute. And I explained to her the biblical scenario. And I said, when we pray, God will give it to you. And sure enough, when we prayed, she started speaking in tongues. So always remember this. Tongues doesn't make you better than anyone else. It just makes you better. Amen. You see, because if you've got two believers and one speaks in tongues and one doesn't, the one who speaks in tongues isn't better than the one who doesn't. In fact, the one who doesn't may be a better believer than the one who does. But wherever you are in God, uh, tongues doesn't make you better than anyone else. It just makes you better. And it enlarges the dimension of your prayer life. I love it when I can just pray, you know, uh, and... Uh, I shall wind up my message shortly, but many years ago, I was praying in my front room near Wembley, and I was very, very upset about something. I was a young believer, and I was sitting on the couch, and I was praying about something, and then I got up the crouch, uh, off the couch, and I started praying in tongues, because I only just received it, you know, shortly before, and I started speaking and praying in tongues. The Bible says, uh, you know, when a person prays in tongues, his spirit is praying. His spirit is praying, but his mind is unfruitful. Praying in tongues is praying out of your spirit man. So it's an enlarged dimension for prayer. And so I began to pray in tongues, and I surprised myself because I, I, I went for about three hours without stopping. And after three hours of praying in tongues, I was talking to the Lord, and he spoke to me. It was almost like an audible voice. And I've only heard that two or three times in all the years that I've been a Christian. Like an audible voice. And praying in tongues makes you sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you lay hands on someone, you pray in tongues, and the Holy Spirit gives you revelation. It's definitely a gift. People have all kinds of theories. It's the least of the gifts. Where does it say that? Every one of the nine gifts are important. There's the public speaking which is not for everyone, not everyone receives it, but the private devotional gift comes with what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in my experience, traveling in so many different nations, when we tell people God wants them to have it, they come forward and usually within seconds. I was at my son's house about six, seven months ago. My little granddaughter, I've got seven grandkids, she's seven. And she heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She said, I want it. So I said, when we come over, we'll pray for you. So we came over. I said, do you want us to pray for you now? So we took her in the front room, my wife and I, explained to her, you know, uh, different things from the Bible and said, we're going to pray for you now. And God wants you to have it. So, you know, laid hands on her. And sure enough, within seconds, she was speaking in tongues. So I said, go and tell your mom and dad that you got it. So she went into the other room and told her mom that she had it. And the little Blake was there, he's five years old. He said, I want it too. So next thing we took him in the room there and just explained it to him in five-year-old language. And uh, he understood, made sure that he'd committed his life fully to Jesus, prayed for him, and he started speaking in tongues. I've heard people speaking in tongues thousands of times. I recognize it when it comes forward. Amen. God wants us all 
to be filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, ministering to people out there. You may not be in the fivefold ministry, an apostle, a prophet, a man, just a pastor, a teacher. These are ascension gifts that God poured out after he ascended into heaven. He gave gifts. These are gifts that are given to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. You can be very evangelistic without being an evangelist. You can be very prophetic without being a prophet. If you are a prophet, there are certain gifts that come, a leadership gift, a preaching gift, and the ability to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So a person who is a prophet is a minister with many different types of gifts, but every believer can prophesy. And that's a whole teaching in itself, which uh, we won't elaborate on. So let's just go into a little time of prayer right now. This is Pentecost. We've seen uh, the... Jewish Pentecost, how the Holy Spirit came. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in prayer language. I call it a prayer language because I use it. I mean, driving down here, I must have prayed in my prayer language for quite a while. It took me nearly three hours to get down here because I took a wrong turn. <laughs> and then, you know, we saw the Gentile Pentecost, how they were shocked that these Gentile believers were speaking in tongues. And prophesying. Amazing. This gift is very available today because we're living in the last days when God said he'd pour his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Upon my men servants and maid servants I'll pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. So this, these are the days when God wants to fill people to overflowing with the Holy Spirit and release the gifts of the Holy Spirit so we can minister in his power. Amen. Okay, shall we just stand together? Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit's already here. He's living inside of us. But sometimes he comes upon us as well. In the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Sometimes they couldn't even stand because he came with such power. So, Lord, we just come before you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here that you live inside of every believer and that you always want us to be full of you. Thank you for the fruit of the Spirit that grows as we simply follow you. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit that anoint us, that help us to reach out to needy people. So Holy Spirit, just come now. Just confirm your word with signs following, and do what only you can do. We thank you, Lord, that you want the very best for everybody in this room. You know their lives, their circumstances, you know what they're going through, good times, not so good times. You know all things, Lord. I thank you for the way you changed my life in 1975. For me, it started with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I just pray that you will release your Holy Spirit upon our lives in a fresh way. That we'll all be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit and bear much fruit for you. So thank you, Lord, for your leading and thank you, Lord, for your direction. And thank you, Lord, for using this time now for your glory. Lord, we honor you. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our comforter, our counselor, our helper, and our teacher. So do what only you can do now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder if you want to, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands and Ask the Lord on this day of Pentecost, the, the day we're remembering the day of Pentecost, to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We can all ask the Lord to fill us. And if you have never experienced an infilling that comes with the gift of tongues, it's available to you today. I'm pretty sure that God wants you to have it. So you, I invite you to come forward in a moment and we can pray. Do you have a scripture? I have a scripture. If you're standing there thinking this Holy Spirit stuff isn't for me, God wants to show you something different. 
This is uh, from Psalm 139, verses 1 to 10. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, and your right hand will hold me fast. I finish with verses 23 and 24 as a prayer. Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in us, and lead us in the way everlasting. Amen. Thank you, thank you. So let's say this together, Heavenly Father. Let's say this out loud together, Heavenly Father. I open my heart to you. I ask you, Lord, to fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. And activate and release the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my life that I might minister effectively to needy people. Thank you, Lord. So if you want to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the gift of tongues, you saw in Scripture, we've been on good Bible ground today, to fill the Holy Spirit spoken tongues, fill the Holy Spirit spoken tongues. Paul laid his hands on them, and that's, that's an infilling that comes, and I believe when we have that gift, we have access to the other gifts of the Holy Spirit in a unique way. So if you haven't received that gift and you want to receive it, be filled with the Spirit and receive the gift of tongues, I invite you to come forward and uh, we will pray for you. And it does not take long. It just can happen. In my experience, when there's a group of people, often people start speaking in tongues even before we get to them. I see that all the time. You start this end and before you got that end, people who've asked God for it get it because it's a wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit and you wouldn't want to live without it. So I recommend it to you. And what better day to receive it than on the day of Pentecost? So it's something you've got to want and desire, so I invite you to come forward right now. See, sometimes the Lord gives me a number and uh, I don't like it when he does that, does that because it puts pressure on me. There's at least 10 people here who need to be here. Now, I'm not going to pressurize you. That's what I felt. So I'm just taking a step of faith and telling you. So there's, yeah, he just said to me, there's more. So if you want it, today's the day uh, to receive it. Amen. So I'm going to wait a few more seconds. Uh, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the gift of tongues. Today's your day. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It won't bother me if 10 people don't come forward, but, you know, cause, but I believe there should be 10 here, so I'll wait just a few more seconds. And if you feel you need to be here, God wants you to have this wonderful gift, so all you need to do is be bold and step forward. And we're going to pray in a moment that all these wonderful folk will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we can all be filled with the Holy Spirit again and again and again and again. It's an ongoing thing. Praise the Lord. Okay, some simple instructions. Uh, basically, uh, Jesus said, ask and you'll receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. He said, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So that's the first important point, asking. You may have asked before, but Today, we're asking again, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit and give me the wonderful gift of speaking in tongues. And um, so we're going to do that, and then I'll have some simple instructions after that.
So let's say this together. Maybe say this together with the folk that are here. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I ask you, Lord, to baptize me in the Holy Spirit and to give me the wonderful gift of speaking in tongues. Okay, now we've asked. We don't ask, need to ask again. And there's a scripture in the Psalms that says, Open your mouth and I will fill it. So uh, when you're ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the gift of tongues, you have to open your mouth. God's not going to open your mouth for you. So I'm going to lay hands and pray for these folk. And I'm just going to start speaking in tongues. We're on a good Bible ground here. Amen. I'm going to start speaking in tongues. And if you do speak in tongues, begin to speak in tongues and let that prayer go into the airwaves as you're praying for this folk and for all of us here. And then we're just going to lay hands on them and believe God will give them the gift. Amen. So uh, when I come and lay hands on you, <clears throat> I encourage you to take a step of faith. And this is what I recommend. It says, open your mouth and I will fill it. When you hear us speaking in tongues, I encourage you just to take a step of faith and move your vocal cords and move your tongue and begin to speak perhaps even something that you hear us saying. And when you do that, that's not tongues, that's your faith. And as you do that, the real gift will just come. Amen? And some of you will receive it before we get to you. So Father, come right now, stretch your hands towards them and just pray, I pray, be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the gift of tongues. That's it, it's there. Rabandala mama mama kasha. Begin to speak out and you'll find that it'll flow. Shabala makasha ndabala makandabala. That's it. Speak it out. See, you control the volume. You control the speed. You can speak it past. God gives you one, two words. Just speak it out. That's it. You've got it. Lama la bala makana. Speak it out. Lama ma. That's it. Speak it out faster, louder. Bala makana bala. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive the gift of tongues. Lama bala makana bala. That's it. You've got it. Speak it out. That's it, speak it. Keep speaking. That's it. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive the gift of tongues. In Jesus' name. That's it, you've got it. Just speak it out louder, faster. God gives you the language. You control the speed and the volume. Speak it out. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive the gift of tongues. It's there. The Lord says it's there now. Speak it out. That's it. Keep speaking. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive the gift of tongues in Jesus' name. That's it. Just speak that out. That's it. You've got it. Keep speaking. Keep speaking. That's it. I hear them all speaking in tongues. We thank you, Lord. You're so faithful. We bless you on this day of Pentecost for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you for filling us all. Fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit. Fill us all afresh with the Holy Spirit and make us ministers of new life to people around us. Lord, take away the lukewarmness and any half-heartedness and lack of desire and lack of understanding. And uh, as John the Baptist said, baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. May we be on fire for you. As uh, John Wesley said, you get on fire for God. And people will come and watch you burn. So Father, in Jesus' name, set us on fire that we may not be silent, that we may not be quiet. We lift up the name of Jesus in this place. We lift up, Lord, your name. We thank you that you are so faithful and true. Thank you for... Filling these dear folk to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you have. This is only the beginning of great things. And I prophesy over you again. I prophesy over this church. That there is a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I see rain falling from heaven. Falling upon Great Britain. I'm talking about England and Ireland and Scotland and Wales. And where will the Holy Spirit fall except on the church? It's, not, it's going to fall on the church. And you'll see unusual things happening in the next two to three years. I may have prophesied this last time. But this building will be filled with God's presence, with God's anointing. And it'll be filled with people. Because the Lord says, I'm going to do a sovereign work in this place. I've been preparing you. And I will do this work. You look to me and see what I will do. Thank you, Lord. 
for doing what only you can do. We trust you. Bless this area of Hawkinge and do a great work of grace. Thank you, Lord, for Rob and Sarah and the family and every person that's part of this church. When the harvest comes in, Lord, use everyone in this church to be a blessing to those who come in. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Do you think it would be good to give the Lord a hand clap of praise? God bless you guys. I heard you all speaking in tongues. Keep speaking. You don't have to get goosebumps. You don't have to fall on the floor. You've got it. And as you use it, it's just going to increase. Amen. God bless you. Praise.